Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Isaiah 53. We're going to be learning more about the servant of God and the trials and tribulations that he went through. Before we do that, I'd like to open with a word of prayer. Lord God, thank you for this day and for taking care of us. Thank you for the many blessings you've bestowed on us. You've been kind to us. You've been generous. You've been gracious. You've shown us mercy. And I'm so thankful for that. I just pray, Lord, as we read through this this chapter, as we read your words and the words that are about you, they tell us about you, your sacrifice and who you are. I just pray that you'd open our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to us, say the things that we need to hear so that we can continue to grow and be more like you, to be better, better children of yours, children who love you and demonstrate their, their love through their actions. I just pray for your mercy and your guidance and your wisdom. May your spirit dwell with us and may you be honored and glorified by all that we say and do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So in 53, we're going to hear more about the servant. It has a lot of verses that we have heard in the past. If you're part of the church and you've grown up in the church, you'll hear, you'll recognize a number of the passages. So verse one, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by man, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. So it's interesting because I've always, you know, had images of Jesus being a pretty good looking dude and, uh, you know, that people were naturally attracted to him. But here we're looking at that, you know, a picture, we're getting a picture of someone who was held in low esteem. Well, now the Pharisees would have done that and they would not have looked at him as a learned man. He didn't go to special Pharisee school or whatever, (coughs) excuse me. And so, you know, it's one of those things that he didn't go through the great teaching process and he was from a relatively poor family. Um, so the father was a was a, was a tradesman, so it's really you know I it's, it runs counter to when I look at and I watch movies and whatnot of Jesus in his life. It always seems that he's a pretty like I said a pretty good looking guy, but here it's talking about that he was not good looking that he there was nothing to attract him or attract people to him. Verse four, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So you can see that that has a, that this is describing Christ crucified. So obviously after the crucifixion or during the whole process, he wasn't very attractive. He'd been whipped with scourges and uh, was bleeding profusely. On top of that, he was speared to put him to death as he hung on the cross to facilitate and expedite his 
his demise. So it's interesting. It's impactful that here Isaiah is prophesying about it, and it's actually exactly what happened. The concept that he took on all of our transgressions, that he was pierced by them, he was crushed by them. Someone who was pure took them all on, and by him we are healed. It's amazing that Isaiah, hundreds and hundreds of years before it ever occurred, is prophesying about what happened to Jesus. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is, is silent. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Again, when they talk about his grave, his tomb, it was provided by a very wealthy um, individual. Yet it was the Lord, Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will, be, he will bear their iniquities. So again, it's, here it is hundreds of years beforehand talking about how Christ is taking on all of our sins, that he is making us righteous, and he's justifying us before the Father. Verse 12. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Here we are hundreds of years prior to Christ. And the prophecy is, is there, describing him, explaining that he's taking our sins. He's taking upon the iniquity of the, of the world and making us justified before God. It's an amazing, to me, it's an amazing chapter. It's an amazing passage. And I'm grateful for that. It's really what hinges and causes our whole faith that we can be made pure, that our transgressions have been paid for, and that it was prophesied so far in, before it ever occurred that it would happen. Amazing to me. But again, I've been as I've been going on this journey, Isaiah just opens a lot of doors for me. It opens my heart and my mind to a lot of different pieces. It's then been combined with the readings I have from Tozer, and now also I've been reading at the same time information and you know, I've been reading Tim Tebow's book, Mission Possible Life. And it's very it's a very interesting book. It's a good book, completely different in tone and structure from Tozer. Tozer I have to read <laughs> like four or five times to understand it. Tebow's work is very beneficial. It's very good, but it's conversational. It's much more relaxed and it's easy to understand. It's, it's inspiring 
and it is uplifting and it's motivating, which is what I would expect from an athlete who's reached high, high levels and is fired up. He's motivating people. He's instilling um, strength, effort, faith into people and helping them reach their goals. So between the two different books, plus plus reading the, uh, the Bible with Isaiah and whatnot, to me, it's really been a, an interesting and a great um, journey, beginning to this journey. I do, I will say, and again, because this is a journey that I talked about sharing with you, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, I'm doing a lot of reading. I'm being very technical and I'm trying to get into understanding of God. At the same time, though, I don't, I, I feel like maybe that passion, that love, that emotional piece is missing still. And I do feel that way. And it's my prayer that I don't just have a theological, a theoretical understanding and belief, but that I would have a passionate, passionate, emotional belief and understanding too. That's the part that I'm struggling with right now. It's that emotional, passionate piece that I'm missing. Intellectually, I understand. I'm, I'm in awe. I don't know if it's because, as Tozer says, man, modern man, has lost his, his awe of God, of the majesty of God. I don't know if it's because I have been damaged over time and don't really know how to love as fully as I once did. I don't know what the situation is, but I know when I pray, and I pray for it, God tells me to rest in Him, to stop trying to manufacture, but to be and to allow Him. And so that's probably one of the hardest things for me. I'm a person who likes to move forward, take control, and to just rest and allow Him to take control is a challenge for me, but I'm working on that. And I feel like on a daily basis, it's getting better. And I pray that you would have a deeper understanding of God and a deeper love and passion for him too. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for you. And I just lift you up and lift up this time. And I'll just close with a quick prayer. Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the, your love and your spirit. I pray that our, our spirits would be open, that our spirits would be free within us, that our hearts and our minds and our emotions would also be motivated and moved, and that we would understand the true majesty of you. I thank you for all you've done. I pray for your peace to be upon us, and I'm grateful for all you've done. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful day, and thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and his journey back to God.